Yeah, that's not how it would have started anyway. Not with the insanity part. It comes to what? No, because you got to address the audience. You got to get them involved immediately with a question, and then get some hands, and then from there, it gets uh, progressively less and less comprehensible. This is oh, Zen see. and the Art so, of Fursuiting, a poorly named panel presented by Zathro at Midwest Fur Fest 2016. Well, I guess it's good that my instinct was right, because when I initially made this panel, this is exactly what I figured would happen. Yeah, uh, so. I, was kind of, I was on the same page, because all I've seen is uh, panels become <sighs> less and less interesting, which is not the case with yours, but it's unfortunately with perception, and also anything that has to do with writing or reading. Well, no, they did, that's, that's the whole thing. They didn't know that. There's a play on words oh, <laughs> in the well, title yeah. that makes it sound like there's nothing involved in e even it. Even then, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised just having first eating in the title didn't draw a few more people in here, but maybe nobody's got time for Zen anymore. There are very few fursuiting panels that are highly populated if they're not about making um, first Yeah, if they're not about yeah. making or procuring them. Is there a fursuit sex panel? Sure. I'll be shocked if there is one. But no, Dyer, uh, the guy you met when we were at BLFC, the tall good dude, used to run yeah, the writing and creative writing track here, and he quit two years ago because he's like, even at that point, he knew that they were dying and nobody was coming. There was just no, yeah. no attempt by the con to invigorate them to the point where people would come to them in the first place. I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, writing's a pretty solitary thing in and of itself, so there's plenty of it going on, but... People don't need that much help, it seems, at least not in person. That and writers aren't really positioned to give that information most of the time. They don't tend to be. <laughs> Hitchens used to say uh, when he, he taught a handful of English or a handful of composition classes a long time ago, and he was saying that uh, it's easy to tell who is going to be a good writer because you're interested in what they say and therefore what they're going to say in a more considered form is going to be more interesting. Now look around the classroom. Do you see anyone that you are interested in talking to? Well, therein lies our problem, <laughs> which was basically his, basically his admonition to go out and fucking do something worth writing about instead of pretending you have something to say. <laughs> but, I wonder if Kyle's here. I didn't see... I kind of prefer to talk to a lot of people approach and just steal their stories. That's much easier. You know? Well, that's that's supposed to be the the essence of authorship after the first book, is that you just, people approach you with things they want you to write about, and from there you just work with that. Did Piercing write anything else? Didn't follow his Piercing wrote Lila, which was a book he wrote specifically because people were misinterpreting the ending of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. He didn't. He had no intention of writing that book, but he realized that everybody thought that Phaedrus, who is the hyper-intellectual character that eschews social convention to such an extent that he's declared dangerous by the court, um, was considered a bad guy, which in the description I just gave you doesn't seem hard to believe. Uh, he also... It, it seems like the narrator conquers him in the book. Uh, and that's the way everybody took it, but that wasn't the way it was intended. And it's it was such a problem that he wrote that book, and in the foreword to this book, 
he's got like three pages where he he talks about the first person narrative as a very powerful style that completely screwed him over because he did not use it correctly. He doesn't blame himself for it, but where does he feel it went wrong in the use of that? Um, because you can't tell because the narrator. You're stuck in the narrator's head the whole time, and the narrator and Phaedrus are the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phaedrus occasionally talks, but it's not delineated in the book when Phaedrus is talking. Like, there's no way to tell whether it's the narrator or not. So you have so to guess. Used, like, what is it? What first person perfect? Um, to overcome that? Well, in the in the later version of it, he has a different font for Phaedrus when he talks. Okay. My copy's from 1975, so I don't think. So I would, no, no, no. That would be, that would be unhelpful in that case. But the idea is that Phaedrus overcomes the narrator, who is a socialite fraud, essentially. But he's designed to make himself likable because that's what keeps him from getting murdered. So it is a good book. I'm only 70 pages in. It's yeah. interesting so far. It's just it's. I I found a great sense of irony in the fact that he describes that era as such a a difficult one to live in because as I recall it was written in '74 and for a middle-aged technical writer in America that was about the best possible time to be alive, right? Like that's three years before income inequality was at its least substantial in this nation's history and he's still thinking about it like wow this is terrible uh, but you can trace any you can trace any intellectual from the postmodern era and talk that's it's it's what makes it's it's one of the primary attractions of the way the DFW writes is that is his his old quintessential quote that he grew up in an era where everything was fine uh oh this is actually the Sort of. It is, uh, but it is so much... Have you read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance before? Uh, a long time ago when I was a kid, and I don't remember all of it. Outstanding. You are now the second person in this room to have done so. <laughs> Hello. So I at least got the title reference. Oh, yeah. No, you totally did. That's what I was afraid of, is that no one was going to catch that. And that is totally fine. <laughs> that is on me. Um, I could have definitely picked... So, since his title is a play on words in the first place... Yep. It probably would have made sense to uh, be a little more direct about it, but that didn't seem quite my speed, so I didn't do that. Hi, everybody else. Have you read that? I've heard of it, so I did get You've heard of it? All right. I... How about you? Hmm? Have you heard of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? Uh, no, it was my first panel. Excellent. So, so Your first panel, first like first ever? Panel of this, this panel. <laughs> so, do you ever feel yeah. bad about wordplay? Uh, my first son is a dole, and his scientific name is Kuan Alpinus. And for the longest time, my Twitter handle, or my Twitter display name, was Lame Pun Kuan, which is a reference to Lame Pun Kuan, which was a me. You can't get That's much, pretty good. You can't get much cringier than that. That's I used, like, top of the cake on that. Outstanding. Well, welcome. <laughs> We're basically here just having fun since uh, I, I guess I probably should have waited five minutes to see if anybody else was going to show up. My name is Zaythro. You'll probably see me walking around as this thing right after this panel provided I actually know. I guess I've got to go put my backpack by. But um, the reason I did this panel is really honestly beyond my comprehension at some point. I did it about three months ago. I've done panels before, but I did them on topics that were like easy to understand and were pretty straightforward. I did flash polling of audiences on stupid questions. I did a panel where it was just a seminar talking about fur in the wider world, where we talk about 
the furries outside of hotel rooms, um, but that seemed really easy. So instead, I wanted to do something on a topic I hadn't seen before. There are a couple of panels about writing, uh, and a couple of them at the very highest echelons of furry notoriety. Kyle Gold's one of the only people who can even get away with this. Um, reading out of his book, that kind of stuff. So what I did was I picked a book on philosophy that I happen to like, that I, I do have quite attachment to this book in some way, which I would love to get into, but if only three people here have even attempted. Actually, I looked it up, and Florida is also a two-party recording state, so I guess this podcast is not admissible as evidence in court or something. Uh-oh. Uh, Orlando? The real problem here is... Oh, really? Oh, so is he. All right. And you don't... Yeah, he's just tagging along, so that's fine. Um... But this book is bizarre because fursuiting is about, there is an idealism to fursuiting in that you are trying to, at least on a visual level and potentially on many, many others, you're trying to facsimilate any, uh, potentially not even an animal, but at least a creature that you identify, you identify with in some way, either as an alter ego or as a literal ideal of who you would like to be. Uh, a lot of people I actually know go through fursuits. They don't even stay as the same animal because who they are and who they aspire to be changes over time. Um, and a lot of what goes into Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance as a book, even though Robert Piercing, the guy who wrote it, has, had to have not ever known what furries were. I think he's still alive, but he probably still doesn't actually know what they are because he's insane. Um, he wrote an entire book trying to explain what it means for something to aspire to be what you want it to be, and he defined that as quality with a capital Q. Um, and he has a character in this book who goes through life um, trying to figure out what in the world it means for something to have quality, because we can kind of we kind of know on some basic levels that. Our, we have an intuitive understanding of quality, and the way that he does this uh, that's the most straightforward is that in rhetoric, if we take two people's essays on the same topic, just a school basic essay, write about a building or an argument or a stent, everyone in this room, if we were to read one essay and read the other essay, we could differentiate between them, and we would all almost certainly agree on which one was better than the other, but being able to define that in a general philosophical sense is insanely hard. Um, and he was from an era uh, of postmodernism. I don't know if any of you need me to explain what postmodernism is. Uh, it basically means your, uh, your mileage may vary and identification is power. It's responsible for a massive number of the uh, bits of social strife we're running into right now. But regardless, um, we were about to hit the era where value became personal. And we basically just answered this question with, quality is whatever you like. I mean, we now fully exist in that universe. If you try to tell someone that they do not like something and you don't have an ironclad reason for it, and ironclad in this case means that, no, you're delusional because you don't even understand what you like about it. You can't tell someone that they uh, should like dogs or cats, for example, or they should like the construction, for example, of this head, um, this thing is a little grumpy compared to most fursuits, but I think this is truer than a more smiley one. And therefore, within what Persig talks about, this would be of higher quality. But how exactly do you define that outside of just saying, oh, 
it's what you like. Because you would hope there is some way you could measure it so that you aren't just kind of free-floating trying to figure out what the hell is going on at every given second, and that's basically where we are at now. Um, and the character goes insane trying to do this. Whereas I'm pretty sure most of the people in this room feel much less insane having found this community. I know in particular about three years ago, I, I, I didn't find out about the furry community, but I saw a fursuiter in person for the first time, and uh, that more or less completely snapped and ruined my life for a very short period of time and then dramatically improved it. Um, I got a fursuit, I've been here, I've been meeting people, half of which are in this room for moral support and schadenfreude, should this all go down in the... I feel like I'm doing okay so far, though, for as terrible a topic as this is. Um, but I feel like I turned from the narrator of this... Um, the narrator of this book, the narrator is this separate personality who basically is Phaedrus... Uh, did I use the word Phaedrus? I'm sorry. I, 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 this conversation started before a handful of you showed up in the room. Phaedrus is this crazy intellectual monster who is trying to figure out what quality is. The narrator is after Phaedrus goes through electroconvulsive therapy, the narrator is who comes out of the clinical ward. He is a subdued mechanic. He is social. He is calculated. He tries not to get in anyone's way, and he tries to stay under the radar because if he actually cares about what he does too much, that's what got Phaedrus killed in the book. Um, and the book's about that conflict. Whereas in the furry community, instead of being social and calculated and intellectual and passionate, we basically have it flipped. I'm being a little stereotypical here. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to be talking about me here, and if anybody has any particular anecdotes that don't fit with this. But generally speaking, the people in this room are intellectual and calculated in their normal lives and social and compassionate while they're here. So... Where, where his attempt to go to the absolute extreme to define this made him lose his mind, we're gaining traction through it. And I really wish I had somewhere to go from here. But unfortunately, because Piercy wrote this book in such a way that the, the lesson and the story are completely upside down and backwards from our experience, I don't know where to go from here. I didn't know that three months ago, though. Uh, when I designed the panel, so that's on me again. I probably should have read the book again before I started the panel. Um, but there's a lot within it. There's a lot within the book that I think still works, and unfortunately, I'd have to grab the book in order to do that, which would slow down my ramble here, and I really don't want to do that just yet. Uh, but I'm going to take a drink real quick, and uh, if anybody wants to leave, feel free. <sighs> I've actually found in my experiences with myself and my friends and how we interact with people outside of this community specifically, there is a slight alteration of behavior, but what we learn and what we do here and experience here is a means to generate the same level of compassion for people who aren't like us, for people who aren't as aware as we are. So intellectual and calculating, maybe, in terms of how we apply that affection, and that compassion, but it's still very present, still very influenced by what happens here. And you're trying to bring, uh, are, how much are you actually trying to bring out of this building? A significant degree. Uh, yeah. A significant amount. Um, 
That's and I find that's true of a great number of the friends in my circle, increasingly so as they get older. Show of hands, how much uh, it, does anyone here try to bring what happens here outside w w to any degree of success? Do you at least make the attempt to do so? Do you try to bring what's good here out there? What do you mean by that? Um, so, at least for, for us, it's not inherent furriness. It's not the connection to animals. It's not the fursuiting, but rather it's the sense of community. It's the, again, the compassion uh, that we try to treat other people with and teach other people to live with. And uh, I, I guess the this, this sense of community building here is such that uh, I don't see the bonds that are formed here emulated very often in other environments. And so those are the type of bonds that I like to teach people to form and encourage people to form in work environments and social environments. Any, any, any environment that I exist in, that's what I'd like to try to put forth and help people do. He's saying we because he's also an African wild dog. But. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say your, your mode of operation and mine are quite different. Quite. <laughs> Quite. Um, do you guys ever try to... I have to say, uh, this is actually my first furry con. I don't even want to make a bunch of things, so I don't really count that. Mm. Oh, where it was like a sci-fi thing? Anime, steampunk, and furry. Uh, Six years ago. Six years ago? You waited. I've been busy. <laughs> Could I ask, uh, you had said something about having a, like a negative initial response to seeing a fursuiter for the first time? Oh, I mean, I don't necessarily want to get into my story here, but if you'll indulge me, uh, the first time I was at Megacon in Orlando, I went to that as a last-ditch effort to be part of the nerd culture that surrounds me every moment of my life. My entire friend circle is into comics and into sci-fi, and I'm, I, I'm just not. This is the closest I can get to fiction, is this book right here. Um, I like a good character arc, but I don't like the drama, and I don't like the lore in general, I think is what I've found. But I didn't know that going to Megacon. I went to Megacon to see, well, maybe I'll actually find something in this totally judgment-freeze, maybe a little hyperbolic and optimistic, but at least there are people having good times doing things that they would otherwise be ashamed to do. Um, I used to have a pithy... Do you remember? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a refugee camp for social rejects, is what I called it, right? I'm a mean person. Um, so, but I went there, and I was walking around, and I was seeing all this stuff, and it was just washing, washing over me is the wrong term. It was just going straight over my head. And I went, I was there for more than a day. I think it was actually there for two separate days. And on the way out, the second day, I saw someone in a white world, a white wolf fursuit. Now, it's important to note that at the time, Furry Weekend Atlanta counter-programmed Megacon. I don't believe that's still the case anymore. I think Megacon, Megacon moved. Hmm? Megacon moved later and FWA followed it. What a bunch of jerks. Yeah, <laughs> why are they doing that? But the... Because um, everybody is jealous of Tiger Pilots. That's why. Yeah. No, but by sheer coincidence, a couple of fursuits happened to not be able to make it up to Atlanta for some reason, despite the fact that those places are really not very far from each other. Um, and that basically like broke a gear in my head, because I realized in that moment that that was something I wanted to do. This wasn't the first time I'd heard of furry, like I said, I knew about it since a handful of years back, just because the internet's the internet. And um, I, I sort of knew that I had this attraction 
which I probably should have seen coming. Uh, is anybody familiar with Ratchet and Clank, the video game? All right, my first crush was Ratchet. I should have caught that as a sign. I did not. Um, that, uh, that, that sort of washed over me. Uh, but at this moment, that, um, that hit me. Now the problem is, at the time I was 23, I was not merely out of college, I had a stable job by then. Um, and my life, my life as a mild-mannered psychopath was well on its way uh, since I spent the entirety of my uh, high school my high school and college career, frankly, not being able to relate. Like, there are a lot of songs written about love, and I didn't, I, that just, you know, it seemed like there were too many, frankly. Like, I thought, it's, it seemed, like, it seemed nice, but not that nice. I was missing something. Um, and this sort of filled it. And the problem is that when you fill that gap after 23, I mean, had, does, Rex excluded, of course. Rex is an insane anomaly here. Um, I mean, Rex, you, you discovered the fandom how many years ago now? Uh, 2013. Yeah, same year as me. So, I mean, we're, we're very strong outliers here. Who here, it, it, when, when did you find out you were furry? Uh, like 10 years ago. You? Uh, 2010. 2010. Okay, so you're not all that long ago. I'm surprised you don't relate to this a little bit more than, um, it broke most of my memories um, because every time for the next, like I committed to going to Anthrocon the next day um, and in so doing and admitting this to a bunch of my family members because I'm a fearless individual in that respect, I don't, that doesn't bother me. But internally, having to go through memories in my past that seemed almost like incongruous, it was literally like the end of them. It was like the end of the usual suspects where they play back through all the scenes, and it's like, oh, you, in, you move the camera 10 degrees to the left, and suddenly, oh, you see that, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Kaiser. Um, who's, the, who's the character? Kaiser Sose. No, 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 the, the actor, I mean. Oh, Edward Norton? No, Kevin no. Spacey. Kevin Spacey, there we go. It's like you move 10 degrees left, and Kevin Spacey is a dog sitting on the sideline of every event in my life up to that point. I just didn't notice. Uh, and that takes a really strong ego toll um, because you just, and, and during this whole time, I call this period in my life the nine days because um, that's about how long it took for me to uh, get to a point where I could like function intelligently, which I was on a business meeting for most of those days. So cognitive dissonance is an insanely powerful tool. I was like walking up to people and like shaking their hands and saying, how are you doing? And they were at, as if I was not having this breakdown. So just... People can be thinking about anything at any time. Let's just put it that way. Um, but no, it was horrible for a little while because I didn't know any furries at the time. I'm really, really bad at making friends um, because I'm a very direct individual. And if you don't get over that, um, we, we don't get along very easily. Um, so I had to deal with that. This guy here uh, did me the solid of happening to have been one of the Kevin Spacey characters in my life for at least a handful of years through one of my friends, uh, for which I am quite grateful. But, um, but no, it's, it's very hard without having that level of comprehension because I had to figure it all out from scratch and I had to figure out how much this actually meant for the person I had become because by the time I was 23, again, stable job, I was single, but maybe I'd figure that out. I'd find someone I could tolerate and that would be done. And you know, my life was moving forward at least. 
and this radically deflected the whole thing. I mean, I'm not doing any of the. Th I still have the. I still have some form of the job, but everything else in my life is different now. Um, and I consider myself better for it, for all the reasons uh, Vinny here was talking about. There is, there's a lot to like about this community as long as you find the right people, um, as long as you don't find the people who are like the people outside <laughs> in this community. Um, it tends to be pretty good. Um, I apologize for taking so long to answer your question. That was good. Okay. Well, I'll take another drink then. Um, I care you're like... I'm not going to tell my story. Then you went ahead and told your story. <laughs> he gave me permission. He asked, all right? I wasn't going to do it without being asked. Oh, do I have anything exciting here to talk about? Mike! Yes, sir. How's your brain going? Uh, still going okay. Solid. All right. All right. I won't say his brand's name, but... Oh, uh, my brand? Yeah. Yeah, your brand. brain. No, your brand. Yeah, I heard something. No, it's not going good. That was a mental check right there. <sighs> I'm like, my police German Shepherd is doing quite well. Have you. I, I'm sorry, I'm obsessing over you because I know almost everybody here and everyone else is distracted, so you're going to be. You're going to be looking at. I'm going to be looking at you specifically. And you're the fresh meat here because you've never been to a con before. What the hell do you expect to be here? What do you expect to find here? Same thing I find with people I talk to online, people I hang out with. Oh, see, you know somebody, though. I know, like, a hundred people in the band. Oh, see, all right, you know more people than I do. I've been here for three years. Yeah, I've been in the band for, like, ten, but for the first several years, I was still in high school with my parents, who are very conservative, religious bigots. So that happens. It's all now, but there's reasons for that that I won't get into. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, where you, where uh, you? No, you said you were from Orlando, didn't you? Orlando. Oh, I've been in Orlando for five years. I tried communicating with the fandom there, but I know it's very clicky. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I can't really make any headway, and it actually made me really depressed for a while because I'm like, I can't make friends. I'm terrible at socializing. And then I met somebody online who used to live down there, and he's like, Yeah, people there kind of suck. It's probably not you. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. that, that was actually my Florida experience as well. Like, I got into the fandom for the first time when I was 16 in South Florida, and everybody I met down there just wanted to fuck me. And I'm like, I'm 16 and I don't want to do any of this, so I just quit for a while. Uh, and it took getting back into online scenes to really draw me back into finding people who were actually genuine individuals rather than so Florida some men. Of those online scenes. Yeah, um, well. I remember when I first got into the furry fandom, like the first place that I went was the Fur Affinity Forums, and I don't know if any of you are yep. familiar with those, but some of the people were there were just plain mean. <laughs> I like those forums because they're a great example of what happens when rules aren't allowed to be broken. You just add them and add them and add them. And by the time, I mean, by the time 2013 rolled around and I was bothering to engage with any of that, um, the design of those forums had enough unwritten rules in them, not to mention written rules in the form of practically codified sticky forums, <laughs> sticky threads, um, that every conversation that could be had on them had already been had. Um, it gave you the impression that these people were already done that they had completed their fandom experience and were basically just... You, they were showing you through the aisles to get to being the jaded bastards that they were. Um, 
which is not unique to us. Again, it's another perfect example. See, this is this is good. If I had thought about how this relates to the way that we are outside as opposed to inside, maybe this would have been a good panel. Um, but no, that's that's another way in which we are like the outside, and that's that's the odd thing that you try to fight, and it's the one it's one of the things that makes fursuiting a rather magical thing is. You get the internet abstraction layer, but you're still there. You can't actually like leave. <laughs> um, and there's, they always talk about the the power of either uh, pseudonymity or anonymity. But I think a lot of that just comes from the fact, not merely that you are unknown, but that you are not in fact present. That you can walk away and disappear, and you're gone. Other than the record that you were there. Um, but when you have to deal with being someone, and you can't escape other than showing your way out, um, it changes that dynamic dramatically. You have to resolve what's going on. Um, and that forces you to be either more polite or suffer many more consequences for not doing so. Um, and that's good, because I lived for a long time without that. I, I mean, you mentioned, um, you mentioned trying to drag what we have out into the real world. Um, I feel like I have adopted, this is Zathro specifically, I feel like I have adopted a lot of his mannerisms just in my normal life because where they can be permitted, for one thing, he gesticulates a lot more than I used to and that's just fun. Um, but the way he hugs people is also just a generally fulfilling thing. I don't know if you've, if this is your first convention, have you met furries outside the fandom. Have you had a good hug before? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, I've been to a couple of meetups down there, like the for, uh, and, or the uh, Megaplex picnic, but I couldn't go to Megaplex because I had a lot of work dumped on me at once. Mm. I do computer security, and sometimes it's, oh, hey, the alarm's going off kind of situation where you have to just be a glue to the computer for like three days straight. I believe that. My job, I work 40 hours a week, but they're all in a row. I do data migration, so. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So. As long as they tell me about it in advance, it's fine. That's the part that sucks about other yeah, forms of this. I had to do stuff from, like, Access to Postgres from uh, Google Server to MySQL. It's never fun. Speaking of a way that that combines with this book, um, is anyone in this room not in a technical field? What do you do? I work in retail. Oh, okay. So unfortunately, that does leave two of us out. But that's still a majority, so let's <laughs> soldier forward. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think all these timid people that like computers so much are in this room right now talking about dogs and cats? I actually have my own pet theory, which is funny, no. about the fandom itself. Uh, when you talk to a non-furry and you tell them, oh, hey, look, look at my furry character, they go, oh, you're one of those dog fuckers. You're all about animal sex. And my experience with the fandom has been actually the complete opposite, which just ties into the whole, you know, intellectual calculating versus, you know, compassionate. Uh, most people I've met in the fandom that aren't just weirdos on, on Twitter and Reddit are very humanistic. And not just, you know, yeah, they might be compassionate on the veterinarian stuff, too, but, like, they're more... 
Does it ever strike anyone in this room as a little odd that we only support animal shelters for the most part? Yes. That always seems a little pandering. Yes, I find that very odd, and I've actually voiced those concerns to the people who run this con and others, and I've tried to nudge them in other directions. That's actually, if you notice, the um, there's been a charity uh, downstairs soliciting for donations uh, for the Bucket Boys, which is a uh, group that helps inner-city Chicago youth uh, embrace musical They've been doing that for the past two years, at least in part because of the nudges that I've tried to yep. <laughs> impart on some people running this con. Yeah, it's the difference between theme and thesis there. It's I, the, And that's where you get into the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I granted, I, I play into this, and everybody does, with the puns. <laughs> oh, God, the puns. Um, we, we play into the idea that, yeah, this is who we are, Dogs, cats, dragons, etc. And it's easy to just latch onto that for the purpose of theme, but it, it goes well below that. For one thing, apparently dogs don't like being hugged. So, like... That's a lie. That's a damn lie. <laughs> the, there, there have been studies. Apparently they don't like being enveloped. Have they ever seen some whites? They're, um... <laughs> do, dogs are apparently claustrophobic. They don't... That's possible. Some whites are known as the hugging dogs. They will hug you. Oh, well, the other way around. But I'm talking... I'm talking. It's, it's a mutual activity. You go one and the other. But it's we the the stuff that we tend to like doesn't really map all that well. Aside from the form, I mean, most of us tend to like snouts and pointy ears and that kind of stuff. But other than the form, it doesn't really map to that. It is like you said. It's more humanist than that. Yeah. If you look at what uh, like my theory on what furry like the attraction some people have to furries is. You take the aspects of humanity you like, and you put it on the canvas of a, another creature you find meaningful to you, rather than like, oh hey, I like dog dick, so let's just make a dog, big dick. And just to be clear, there are plenty of those people. I'm not, I'm not discounting that there are I people here for that. The overlap is significant. It's yeah. not like there's one group that's like humanist yeah. and the other group that's like, just give me knots, fuck. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the... Uh... I'm sure there is a lot of overlap between the groups, but that's just been my experience. Uh, when I first realized I liked the stuff, I was like, okay, so, like, how far does this rabbit hole go? Am I completely insane? Yeah, what does this mean about you? Yeah. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's... I did it over the course of, like, uh, I think I think you're spot on about the humanistic aspect of it, especially with the current crop of people that are coming up into the fandom, like, the composition and the... the, the uh, the makeup of the fandom is much different than it was even five years ago. You've got a lot broader swath of humanity, I think, here, and I think that that's interrupted more than anything else. And I think you're seeing that manifest in a clash between. Are we locked in here? Okay. And, uh, uh, the old institutions like Two and Kage and the fur affinity forms, where you have these. I'd almost call them institutions, either personal institutions or group institutions. That or just relics. Yeah, relics. Yeah, sure, sure, call them relics. But like, that's where a lot of the toxicity that I see in the fandom comes from, uh, more so than any direct interpersonal failings. Like, you have a bigger bone to pick with a couple of those people than. I like. I almost have to ask you to elaborate on that. You think the toxicity comes from the people before? 90% of the toxicity I see in this community is directed at those people. It's directed at those people. Because they generate, it seems insane. So, with someone like, I'm going to use two as an example here, because two Okay, is, he's an easy example. <laughs> he's an easy example. So then why would you, so why would you challenge me on that? If oh, that's Kage. I think he's I'd specifically talking about Kage. Kage. 
so Kage has, I think Kage's contribution to the fandom ha cannot be understated. Um, okay. I think that the persona that he's, he has created for himself has been challenging for many people who don't know the history to accept because the face that he puts forward, if you are not aware of that history, is not a particularly, not a particularly uh, enjoyable one. At what, least what face is that? The drunken grandfather. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't think that that's a bad thing inherently, but when we look at Kage and the face that he presents to the fandom versus Tigerpaw, versus Cody, versus these other icons who are doing really incredible things for no pay, running cons and things like that. I'm sorry? How old are you? I'm 28. See, that's so weird. I'm 26, mm -hmm. and the, those second group of people you mentioned, I feel like they're annoying children. Like, I cannot stand those people. Really? Like, they are ruining the fandom from what it was in a way that just drives me nuts. What they are the reason my fursuit is a secret. What was it that you feel has been lost? Um, so that's the part I guess we're not going to agree upon, okay. but, and it's, it's almost hard and, like, it almost goes back to the quality thing. Like, they're, I've been in this fandom since 2000. The people I interacted with in 2000 and the people I interact with now, like, it, the difference is staggering. Like, you're talking about, okay, so to find the fandom in 2000, you had to go This through, room right now yeah. would be packed in 2000. You think so? I guarantee I've only been doing it since 2005, and I would agree that panel attendance certainly has... Panel attendance has gone... Has decreased, but did you, did you read the first science survey uh, that came out this past June? Not where they the tried to look at the sociological makeup of the fandom? Not the latest. Okay, so you're talking about... Those. You're talking about a group of people that, by and large, are a, a great deal of them are under 21, and a huge number are even younger than me. And I used to be like the kid, right, among all yeah, my friends. Absolutely. Um, so, I would expect, given the availability of a hard partying lifestyle, for there to be a lot of just general fuckery that may not appeal to someone like you or even someone like me. But this environment provides the framework for people to set examples, to guide those people who I think are driven generally by very humanistic principles, uh, to direct them into lifestyles that are exceptionally productive and uh, contribute a great deal to the world around them. Because you got to get that partying out of your system and doing it in a safe space like this is fine. And it gets old after a while, right? You're right, and I think that's great. I 100% agree with you on that. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit optimistic to think that that's automatically steering people into productive lifestyles. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. Okay. I've seen I've seen too many examples of not cross generational because the age gaps aren't that much, but certainly gaps from you know twenty year olds to thirty year olds where wisdom has been imparted on consistent basis. Uh, especially, I, I don't know how it is in Florida, but in California and Seattle, there's a lot of that going on right now. In North Carolina, even in our small scene, there's a lot of that going on right now. And uh, yeah, I. I I think that it was, <laughs> I hate to say this, but, you know, like you said, a lot of these furries came from IT backgrounds and generally were able to make financial security a thing for themselves. But now, I think if you brought a bunch of 21 to 25-year-olds in here, you'd find far fewer that are going to find that financial security. And yes. so there is a an economic urgency that may not have been present back in 2000 that also requires, I think, some uh, understanding, some guidance. And, uh, That's not happening, though. What do you mean? Like, I'm, like, again, like, maybe our scenes are different. Like, I'm watching this fandom, like, ruin people's lives in Florida. Like, I know people dropping out of school for this fandom. 
How frequent like, is that? I am, I am easily the most financially successful person in the Florida scene. Like, uh, like, like easy. That is like active in the local scene. And I should say Orlando scene. Like, I'm not active in the local scene. I, I think scene. that that's a really bold statement to make. Like, I, and I, I also I think that like, here's what I, okay, so <laughs> here's my counter to that. Whenever anyone else in the country that I know of that is a furry talks about like the trashiest, worst furry scene, it's always Orlando. Like, You're right. That's what I'm saying. Right? That's so, why I'm saying. I'm not saying like, that it's going to be great. I'm not saying that it's going to be great anywhere, but I don't think that things have gotten particularly worse, and I don't... What I would challenge you most on is the idea, and I'm going to go back to Cody and Tigerpaw specifically, because those are two people that I see that have been able to impart the greatest degree of success on their cons through their professional experience. I mean, Cody is a VP of sales I mean, they for, amazing for, con. I for North America, that. for IBM. Like, that's an exceptionally successful individual. I am, and I, he's been able to take those skills and apply them to running and growing successful cons that are safe environments for people. Um, where, where is your... I, I just don't understand how those people can be considered children who are ruining the fandom when you've got Kage. Like, Kage, after the, after the attack here two years ago, Kage was out on the street with a fucking box of wine giving a drunken interview to the news channels. Like, that, that would have never happened had Cody or Tiger Paw given that interview. So No, you're right. And he wouldn't have done that ten years ago. Either. No, exactly. That's what I, I think he's become kind of a caricature of himself. Oh, absolutely. But I don't, like, where is the hate in that? Like, uh, why, maybe is it okay? was, why is it okay that this guy's dressed like a dog? Maybe he was the, okay, like, so, uh, like, we're all being characters here. Right? Okay, I'm, I'm willing to roll that back and say maybe the hate was the wrong word for me to use. Maybe the hate is not... Uh, like, if you want to say you don't take him seriously, okay, yeah, I'm sure. with you on that. Sure, but he still runs the biggest con in the world and refuses like, to step down on that. So Run is a little... Like, if you've had personal conversations with that guy, like, there's a board in place. It's mostly out. There are decisions yeah. being made that he's not even getting says on. Oh, yeah? Like, that's cool. That's good. I'm glad that they're moving in that direction, right? But it's like at some point, you, the old, older men have to step down, and the newer, younger men and women have to take their place, and whatever. That's that's yeah, the no, way absolutely. Work, I'm but, certainly. Uh, like, I just I don't take issue with that. It's just on, it's it's disappointing. I just I see. see too much here that indicates a great deal of positivity to me for me to say that things are worse than they were ten years ago or fifteen uh, years I ago. And I, think I also that, wouldn't uh, say they were worse. I, I would say they're less appealing to me. Okay, so yeah, that's if it's a personal preference thing, then absolutely 100%. I can see that. And like if that's what if that's the environment you came up in, sure. Like I missed the MFFs uh, at the West End when there were like two thousand people here, and I knew the first I knew a quarter of those people. Whereas now there's seven thousand people down there, and I know a tenth of them. So that's. You know, I don't enjoy that as much, but I enjoy right. seeing okay. I enjoy seeing other people come and experience the same thing that I experience and get the same things out of it that I got out of it. Is there a problem of the machine going on here? The machine. Because if we're talking about what made Kage... For someone to be able to say that Kage's contribution can't be understated, that is not a function of his personality. That is a function of his productivity. True. It's Absolutely. his capacity to build a machine. I mean, that's, and that is very different from providing the guiding vision. That's 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 providing the church as opposed to the religion. So, how is it possible that those are never going to be fused? Is that the contention here? Well, if the religion's already been founded, then yeah, probably. Huh. Right. I mean, what's the what's the counterpoint to that? I don't know. You were supposed to provide it. Oh, well, no. I have no... No, that, okay. seems, that seems correct to me. So, I have a question for you. Um, uh, what would you like to see different that would make it more in line with how things used to be? That's a good question. Okay. That isn't what you don't see now. Um, 
I think my answers to that are all going to make me seem boring as hell uh, at best. Um, when I started going to cons, like there weren't raves because that scene, like that was a different scene, right? Like those people found our scene and kind of brought that in. Um, the first Anthrocon I went to, there was a jazz panel going on that there were what there were about this many people in it. Well, there was, was a couple more, but like okay. a couple more. Well, okay, for so an Anthrocon panel, it was box of more. Yeah. Okay. So the counterpoint to that is like uh, at FC this year, uh, my friend Abe and his jazz band put on a concert and drew probably like two or three hundred people. That makes me want to go to FC, is all that does. I'm sorry? That makes me want to go to FC, is all that does. Yeah, dude. Like, they, did, like they, yeah, they, did a, they did a live show. It was fun. It was all improvisational jazz. It was cool. Um, so I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your answer to this question. No, I, was, I mean, that's exciting. I, I legitimately think that's exciting. Okay, so what else? Um, I would like to see um, panel attendance to go back up. I think like these kind of conversations are super fascinating and the average person at these conventions is not interested in a conversation like this and that used to not be the case. I think that's a function of your social group, honestly. Like I have conversations like this all the time when I go to cons and in a panel? Uh, no, not in a panel. But like, that's the whole point is that like we've broken out to the point where there are enough people here that the people who want to have those conversations are generally finding one another without needing that intentionally Yeah, no, I, established I agree with that. Space. Um is that problematic, though? Um, because that rules out people like you. See, yeah, like at some point you might as well not even be at a con. And that's, that's true. That's true. Thing. That's tough. I don't know what the answer is to that necessarily. I think that, it, at least in my own observation, uh, people tend to filter into the arenas that they want to be in at this con. So, like, I've had a lot of young, angry leftists filtered through to me through context that I know because people know that I'm... A, very politically active progressive. And so when people are talking about that and they're like 19, 20, that I might be a good person to talk to. And I think that when you uh, display that intellectual curiosity, if you are integrated, and you will be integrated in four or five years or even less, right? It just depends on how things play out. But like if you stick with it long enough, you're going to meet a shitload of people. And if you have an interest, you'll be able to find other people to talk to. Sorry, uh, Rhino, you had your hand up a million years ago. Sorry, yeah. uh, I was just saying about panel attendance. This one is really suffering, I imagine, because of the MST3 thing, thing going on right now. <laughs> oh, oh there, there are a bunch of panels going on right there's now. There's an MST3K thing going on right now? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> uh, there's like eight panels scheduled for the 6 o'clock. Oh, no, I know. I'm aware. It's like this much of the schedule, I'm like... No, no. I was I was actually uh, the other. I, I ended up in the nature and spirituality track, which is one of three that I could plausibly have put this panel into. And uh, the other one that I'm being counterprogrammed against in my own track is meet the spirituality panelists. <laughs> which, I mean, granted, I could read you my explanation of this panel to the guy running this. He didn't respond to it, so I guess it was enough. But uh, it was. Uh, it was a little dense. He was, he, it was, it was actually, it was great because he was trying to be diplomatic and he was basically saying, what the hell is this about? Why, why am I getting this panel? Because it was apparently dumped on him from somebody, some person on high figured it was hidden. And he was like, could you please elaborate on what, what the hell this is about? And I did apparently a good enough job that we're all now in this room, but, uh, or at least a couple of us. So, and we're almost done. So it, uh, I would call that a rock and success, all told, for there being eight people here. <laughs> <sighs> um, 
those were the days. I went to a security conference called B-Sides, and there were two talks, two tracks at the same time, and uh, one of my friends was doing one on um, how to run your own like hackerspace, like makerspaces where you have like a community lab where people can build stuff together and teach people how to do cool stuff. And then the other room you had something, somebody releasing a zero-day vulnerability, which is like an unpatched exploit in a product. And almost everybody went to the other one because, you know, vulnerabilities are sexy. And there were like two people there, they were sitting in the talk, and my friend's just like, you know what, just go to the zero-day one, I know you want to. <laughs> I'm going over there myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not letting any of you do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that um, eight people is a better success than what she had. Yeah. I suppose. I don't know. That's. I. I mean. I feel the pain of the uh, the panels going away. But it is the the problem is I have to agree with both sides here because the relevance of the panels has diminished proportionately. It has. Um, I think there might be um, two, well, two. I guess in this case, synergistic effects there. One, people have shorter attention spans because smartphones. Oh, we can just, you know. I think that's a little too cynical um, because okay. there are it, you can have good long form uh, conversations in clicks if you want to do that. Most people, I, I'll grant that most people don't. Those people never engage in anything. I mean, someone is someone is propping up the average television usage. It's not me. <laughs> I don't watch TV. Someone is watching eight hours of TV a day. They weren't going to contribute anyway. Those are the yeah. people with the short attention spans. And the phones suck. The phones make it harder. There's plenty in this book about that. And he wasn't even talking about the internet at the time. He was, I think, the, the reference, uh, he calls this book a Chautauqua, which is a reference to an old-timey, I don't know if those were still going around when you were young. Uh, they, Yeah. I, I forget when they died off, but they were, I mean, they, they were a crazy thing in the 20s and 30s that just gradually, it came to a, I wasn't referring to that, I didn't say you were there during the peak days. Well, I was going to ask you, like, do you think there might be some of, like, the people who have short attention spans are getting integrated in the fandom, or the people that is who, true. who have, are in the fandom are losing their attention spans, but also if... There's more hallway con going on where people who are interested in technology will just kind of meet up in a hallway somewhere instead of going and setting up a panel and getting approved by the programmers of the convention. Who's the lack of social interaction people want to have? There's thirst for social interaction. People just don't do it that much anymore, so they come to the con. That's what they want to do. So that's why they come out of these. Oh, the meeting in person is very important. Although, although, look at how many people are walking around waiting for something to happen to them. Like this is that that is the scariest phenomenon. That is that is a form of a, there's a really there's a really shitty cynical term for it. I forget the name of it right now. It's um, plan shopping, where you're not sure what you want to do, but you have options. To be fair, see you weigh those. I think you kind of walked around cons for like two years as well. I like just, doing just, it. Just waiting for me to hug you. That was like that's, that's what you've been that's waiting for. Cute and true. It's no. It's. I mean, I I walk around in a fursuit because my job is to be as exposed as possible for the most part. Um, that's that's sort of what it is. But I'm also I'm I'm not I'm not evaluating it to that degree. I'm I mostly if someone wants to interact with me, I'll interact with them, and I will hunt people down as necessary to make my own fun. But there's a, there's a gap there. There's a gap between doing that and the hanging around, essentially hoping that something occurs. I'm trying to make something occur. 
Um, and hopefully most of those people do eventually get bored enough that they make something occur that's nonviolent. But, um, but the con lets you do that in a way the internet does not. It's not as present. Um, I don't think there was a question there, so we'll let that hang. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, maybe randomly I'll give off a squeak, and then off in the distance I'll hear someone squeaking response. Squeak again, another response. And it's kind of like Marco Polo trying to find the other person with a squeaker. You monster. <laughs> <laughs> Those did definitely spike and drop off. I haven't seen nearly or heard as many of them recently as I did a couple of years ago. <sighs> so we covered the, the most basic of basics about it. Stop, uh, stop watching so much TV. And uh, he talks about mechanics feel a lot. I don't know, this book is weird. I'm glad I didn't have to open it. I was tempted to, though. So. <laughs> poor book. I have at least poor footnotes. I memorized about a quarter of this book by the time I stepped foot in here. I didn't realize that until I was fretting about this with a friend uh, that I was visiting on Wednesday, and she opened to a random page and started reading, and I started reading along with her and realized how, how doomed this was at that moment. I'd call it a success, personally. What? Oh, no, 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 this has been totally fine. It's a nice, quiet little moment in the middle of... It's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if anyone has anything else they want to talk about, I would be surprised, but feel free to mention it before we adjourn. I think it is now 6.55, which is good enough for me. I'm feeling pretty chill. Straight. No, I got nothing. You guys can take that outside. Take what? Anyway. You both weren't plaid? What, you got beef? Huh? No. I got a beef dog on that. Well, you've already I asked to fight like twice in the past hour, so I feel like. I did not ask to fight twice, I asked to fight once. Once, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I thought that look was, was that a fight? To throw it no! Out. See, no. I'm responding to your look. Okay. That's why I was like, oh, you want to fight me? What did I do? Oh, no. You need to work something out? I can work something out. Let's talk, buddy. It's all love in here, right? You gotta bring what's in here out there. Speaking of which, good memory. Go forth and spread the good word of whatever the hell this is. I'm gonna close this laptop and be a dog. <sighs> oh, I never really did give a satisfactory answer to your question. Uh, we'll feel free. this out there, because the question is what does this mean? Uh, I really don't try to bring the community's feeling stuff I get from the ferry to the rest of the world, mostly because I work in information security and most of those people are toxic shitheads. Yeah. And trying to establish a community of people who already don't accept it uh, is it's just a feeling where you're trying to push the boulder uphill and then falls back down. That's all progressivism and humanism for the rest so of your life. I just don't yeah. bother. <laughs> I just figure my time is better spent doing things that make me happy and then working on projects that are interesting and help humanity. Sure. And yeah. trying not that to. Like fight, pushing fight. that rock up that hill. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I happen to be a pretty like gregarious, going dude, so I prefer interacting with people who are working on projects. So that's my kind of behavior. Sounds pretty valuable. Yeah. There are a lot of hurdles. I need to shower. Like that thing here, and be on suit for an hour. So. I have to put the backpack back anyway. So.
I tend to find more bad than good in most people. Thank you for showing me. <laughs> Taking this out there fascinating. Like, I don't know that any, like, a lot of the things you're talking about are things I brought in here. Well, right? Like, well, aren't you cool? We were compassionate before we got here, right? <laughs> like, is the suggestion that we're learning compassion from being a furry? Uh, I think that there are examples of conflict resolution, uh, expression of affection, things like that, that may have been somewhere inside of us, but this gives us a chance to see them in practice and understand how to cultivate them more strongly. So, yeah. yeah people are creatures of habit, and if you expose them to a lot of just good-natured people responding non-charitably to each other, they tend to mimic it. They tend to internalize some of that and realize they get better results. That's what I think. I certainly hope that's true. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I believe that yet, but... I've seen do. little examples of that. I mean, people have studied that. You, if you want to know more about it, ask a psychologist. They're going to know better than I ever would because I don't study that field. Well, hey, great news. Hey, psychology degree, what's up? What? What? <laughs> We're better. Next question. <laughs> you can trust me. I'm a doctor. I'm not a doctor. You're a dog toy. You're wrong, <laughs> the puns. Oh, God. The puns. The puns. Does anyone else die inside from old puns? I don't. You didn't hear his. There's no mime. He said he only so. had two legs. You can't be a dog tour. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's life. Yeah. I could. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree. You've been killing. You join the furry fandom and it's eternal punishment.